Patriot Project. We're bringing you our weekly show slash podcast called We Got Your Six at Six, Patriot Playtime. Every week we bring you a guest. Many times we bring you music and this week we bring you new music. We share all the good and sometimes not so good things that are happening in our world. Tonight will not be a disappointment. Um, We would like to mention Bobby and Peggy Kretzinger with Operation Texas Strong. I have to say, I think it was was, um, RV number one. 46. I don't know. They're doing amazing. They just keep getting more and more RVs and keep putting more and more homeless veterans in there. Um, and their store is rocking and rolling. I think they're actually looking at opening another store. So they are doing great. Um, it is 18th of June, 2023. And I just have to throw out a little happy Father's Day. Thank you to all the dads out there that are doing their thing and doing it well. Um, hey, we wouldn't be here without you. Um, anyway, this week we've got Mr. Scott McEwen. He's here to talk with us about his amazing book, and hopefully we learn a lot more even about his talents. And we are also joined by Jamie and Rebecca Baglow. They're going to be sharing music and stories tonight. I think it's going to be just one amazing show. Um, please stay tuned. Keep your ears open. Um, call on any questions if you have them, except maybe Gabriel Wren. Maybe you think about your questions once or twice. But hopefully you're doing dad things anyway. All right. Um, I do want to remind you, if you come up as Facebook user when you're making comments and you would rather have your name there, you can leave it as an anonymous Facebook user. Or if you click this link that I'm going to put up in just a moment, um, your comments will show up with your name. Um, You know what? At least that's how I think it works on your end. I'm not going to pretend. It didn't work for me one time, but it works usually for me. So... Um, I have this thing that has been given to me at the beginning, and I don't know that I was paying attention at our planning meeting. I have to look at Peterson's face quick. Um, all right, he's doing all right. 
Um, this is our WEP3 pledge, and I practiced it. Remember the old Girl Scouts? On my honor. Um, but we pledge that we know why we get to do this. This is thank you to the service members and first responders that have committed their time, sweat, blood, limbs, families, and life to give us the freedom, freedoms that we have that allow us to do what we do daily. And thank you to all of you for that. Um, that's our community and our country heroes, you guys. That's all of that. Um, before we get started with this week's show, which I'm super excited to get into, I would ask that you take off your hats, stand if you can, and cover your heart, and join us for the Pledge of Allegiance. Pledge allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United, the United States, States of America, of America. and to and the Republic for which it stands, stands one, nation, one nation, under God, under God. Indivisible, Indivisible, with liberty, liberty and justice, and justice for, all. for all. I think my intros are getting longer. I'm getting so much better. At this. <laughs> I I accidentally cued one of the songs as we started the Pledge of Allegiance, so I apologize for that. That's uh, uh, too many buttons, too much responsibility, and I'm the wrong guy to have all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Happy Father's Day, everybody. <laughs> um, how excited it is to have this panel on here tonight. Uh, and uh, Scott, happy Father's Day. I see you wearing the dad hat. I'm certain, only because you said that pre-show that uh, – you were busy doing Father's Day. Thank you for those families. And this is one of those pieces that fits into what we do. The ones that didn't sign up for the mission, the families, the brothers, the mothers, the sisters, the fathers, the, the whole thing. Uh, thank you for the, the commitment and the, the, the support you've given to those that serve. Because without you, you, you wouldn't, we wouldn't have a lot of the, the a the veterans, the servicemen and women, and or the the first responders we have out there. Um, I do want to. I shouldn't be saying this one because I I fit the mold a little bit. But happy Father's Day to all fathers, those who have proactively assumed the role of nurturing and nurturing their children to be positive and proactive part of the world. But thank you to those fathers that had a higher sense of duty. Thank you to the fathers out there that are deployed and serving our military and the first responders that are on the front lines today. Uh, thank you, fathers who instilled in their children the values of the service. And because of that, they are missing their children as they are out deployed or serving their military or out there being on the front line again as a first responder. And ultimately, our heart goes out to those gold star fathers who have lost a child due to their service while on duty and post-duty. Um, and ultimately, we want to remember we do have those fathers that we are missing today because of their service and we 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 wish you thank you um there's not i got the holy ghost bumps right now as i read this off and as we're doing this but uh the fathers have a way of putting a parasite in someone that allows them to feed off them for nine months and so i i guess that's that's worth the sacrifice so thank you fathers for the the easy part of the job i'm just going to say that let's let's be there the fun part of the job you know what it, you don't have any responsibilities in this other than having fun. That's that's what it's supposed to be, right? Jamie and Rebecca Bagwell, Mr. McEwen, Scott McEwen, thank you for being here tonight. Uh, this is We Got Your Six at Six, Patriot Playtime, and uh, let's commence. Let's have some fun. We got any crew out there that we need to do some quick shout-outs to? Uh -huh. We can't start the show officially yet because Gabriel Wren's not here. 
but brother uh it's awesome having you here um we've got uh derek Ozio, you're a rock star brother i'm gonna put that out there uh thank you for all the amazing things you're doing down there in texas with uh the catch 22 support out of el paso el, el paso um I could not be one of those shock jockeys, even though I probably have the face that's better for radio, uh, because I cannot uh, speak that fast with clarity, and uh, I don't know what I'm saying next. So, uh, Operation Texas Strong, that's Bobby and Peggy Kretzinger. Um, I know Andrea every week says this at the start of the show, and I don't think everyone understands the longevity of what these people are actually doing. Um, Bobby and Peggy have worked out a system that collects RVs across the country to house homeless veterans uh, down in their space in Texas. And they actually work with us a little bit to help make sure that we've got other programs that have housing opportunities through RVs uh, for other veterans across the country. And I the, the number is always always a mystery because uh, I know we're dangling up there in the 150, 140 range um, within a year, people, within a year. Um, I just kind of want to let you understand the numbers. According to the numbers, we have roughly 50,000 homeless veterans across the country. This guy is knocking it out one RV at a time. He's got roughly 300 other RVs across the country that we're just trying to find a way to get into that. We kind of got to go south a little bit because it doesn't pay to have it in Minnesota when we're we're trying to heat it in the wintertime. And in Colorado, he's got a bunch. Um, again, we can provide the housing, but uh, can we can we get the, the heating and all that stuff taken care of? We can, people. We can get this done. You got to jump on board and be part of the process. If you're not part of the process, we always ask, what are you doing? What are you doing? This doesn't hurt. Um, Andrea, you got some news? Or should we? I know that's not our rule. It's, it is what it is. <laughs> Let me just. I, yeah, it's been a while. We did this so long ago. Um, I do have, and you guys might not know this, but happy Father's Day. I already did this one. but What? Bump. Um, I think uh, our friend Jonathan, who's on a trip with his family right now, he's is where he should be. He's in New York. New yep. York, get a rope. He may have worded this um, a little differently than Peterson. So Father's Day is a day to celebrate the man that took personal responsibility every single time you got hurt growing up. The man that was stronger, smarter, and more caring than anyone you knew in your early years. Fathers hold a special place in our lives. Tonight, we'll share a few quotes about fathers that Jonathan came across this week. Quotation marks. Dads are most ordinary men turned by love into heroes, adventurers, storytellers, and singers of song. Unquote. And that's Pam Brown. And another one from an unknown source is a father is someone you look up to no matter how tall you grow. Oh, oh I like that one. Um, so, Jonathan, wherever you are out there tonight, gosh, it's late wherever you are. Um, happy Father's Day to you as well. On uh, June 20th, we're looking at National American Eagle Day. And this is a day to raise awareness about the bald eagle in an effort to preserve their natural habitat. 
Bald eagles are powerful birds of prey indigenous to America. They symbolize strength, determination, and honor. On June 20th, 1782, the Second Continental Congress selected bald eagles as the national symbol of the United States. In the 1950s, the bald eagle was at serious risk of extinction and was classified as endangered in 1967. The bald eagle would become a primary success story for the Endangered Species Act. As of 2007, the bird is no longer considered threatened and has a healthy population level. Here are a few facts about the bald eagle. One pair of bald eagles in Florida built a whopping 20 foot deep and nine and a half foot wide nest that weighed over two tons. Oh my gosh. Now I need to know where they built that. Holy cow. Um, another one is bald eagles can fly at a height of 10,000 feet and they can avoid rain and storms by actually flying above the clouds. A quote from John F. Kennedy, the founding fathers made an appropriate choice when they selected the bald eagle as the emblem of the nation. The fierce beauty and proud independence of this great bird aptly symbolizes the strength and freedom of America. That is really cool. And I live right here on the Mississippi River and it joins right along the Wisconsin border with the St. Croix River. And there's no lack of, of bald eagles in this area whatsoever. They are amazingly um, repopulated in this area and they're beautiful. I sit in the pontoon quite often and just watch them. I don't know, they sometimes sit and sometimes fly, but they turn into a speck. It's crazy how high, how you know, high they get. You know what breed of bird Benjamin Franklin wanted to make the national bird? Was it a turkey? It was, it was the turkey, which, you know what, is an amazing, beautiful bird in itself. I mean, that that wouldn't be a terrible, I mean, I but I love to smoke and eat turkey, so I'm thankful. That, that would be bad, that yeah. Would we be able to eat turkeys if it was our national bird? I don't think so. Mm, maybe yeah. um, domestic. I don't know. And I don't know. I don't know if anyone had the chance to watch or follow. I mean, I know that uh, Corey, the one in my life, my wife, the one that does her thing, she works with kids, and uh, they watch an eagle cam. And in Minnesota, this eagle cam was up this year, last year, they had two eagles in it, and one of those little birds, chicks, kicked the other eagle out, and it didn't make it. Same thing. They have this 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 nest on a live cam here in the state of Minnesota, and this last spring, that stinking nest that during a storm fell out of the tree, and they said it weighed two thousand pounds, and that's that's ridiculous. But that's just some not needed to know information regarding to some eagle information. I, I, I do remember again, unneeded information. Uh, the last time me and Andrew were in Texas, we were driving home from the, the airport and we saw two eagles in the sky. Uh, I, we're going to say fighting, but I'm sure that they were probably trying to do more than fight. Um, they were, yeah. There was some diving down. Yep. Yeah. Baby eagles. I don't Doing know how that's something <laughs> in the nest, not up in the sky. That's what I would do. I, but okay, but, so, one last thing on the news next week. We have guest Jamie Bonetto, who is the vice president of the Dallas Chamber of Commerce, and we have musician Rick Brown coming in. So that'll be next week. But I'm excited to get to this week's and Jeremy Daniels. 
Are you saying the turkeys and the eagles are both territorial gangs in, in Washington State? That's a possibility. <laughs> Which one do you belong to, Jeremy? <laughs> How awesome is this? Scott McEwen and Jamie and Rebecca Bagwell. Uh, we've got so much to talk about. And uh, again, I know that there's some, I mean, uh, Scott, I, you talked about it earlier. If you need to, to leave at any moment, let's, uh, we'll get started with you and uh, share the story. The story, all of us, I'm going to say all of us, maybe not all of us. Uh, if you don't read, you need to start to learn to read, and maybe it's too late for that. Uh, and I don't want to equate it to a movie, but um, Mr. McEwen was a co-writer and author of uh, American Sniper, the story of Chris Kyle. Um, I don't even know. Honestly, I sat all back all week, and I'm like, what What kind of questions do you ask a man that got to sit in one of the most, I'm going to say top 10 iconic individuals uh, in America, in this era. Um, lead us off, Scott. Give us some thoughts. Give us some ideas. What was the inspiration? Why did you get involved? I, I, there's the bag of opportunity. Spit it out, yeah. brother. Um, it, it, I was uh, doing work with the SEAL teams. I'm a recovering lawyer. And uh, I, I right now solely. So uh, um, I uh, I'm on my 10th, or I guess my 11th book now, but uh, American Sniper was my first book with Chris. And uh, I used to do a lot of pro bono work as a lawyer with the uh, Navy SEAL community here in San Diego, of which there's a huge community, obviously. This is where all SEALs come from is here in San Diego uh, for their uh, training, their initial training, although they do have both East Coast and West Coast SEALs once they they go through buds and they, they get their seal qualified, uh, you know, um, basically their Budweiser is what they call it to become a seal. Anyway. Um, I had some good friends that were seals. I'd done a lot of, uh, both civil and the, the odd, uh, let's just say infraction criminal infraction of which seals have, have been known to, uh, get into a disagreement maybe now and then at a bar anyway. Um, and, uh, as a result of that, I got to meet Chris through another friend of mine who was also a Navy SEAL. And um, Chris was then <clears throat> active duty. He was just going into his fourth deployment. And uh, I really enjoyed my time around him. We had a lot in common. He grew up on a ranch in Texas. I grew up on a ranch in Eastern Oregon. He liked to shoot a 300 Winchester Magnum, which was my gun of choice for big game. He used, him, he used it for a different type of, uh, let's just say, adversary. Anyway, um, and uh, so we became pretty quick friends, um, both like Coors Light. And, uh, and uh, you know, I shot the breeze with him and got to know his story and really how, how amazing his story was. And it wasn't just, you know, confirmed kills, which a lot of people think that that's what, you know, brought the whole thing to where it was. And that really wasn't it. It was the story of a band of brothers, and it really was this generation's band of brothers, as opposed to World War II, the band of brothers there that, that were depicted. And, you know, and these guys had been at war, Chris, for almost 10 years, you know, and many of the SEALs and the special operations community were at war for 15 years, you know, during, the, during all the wars we had in Afghanistan and Iraq, which is 
an extreme amount of time. And so, um, you know, I, I really thought Chris's story was an interesting one. And when I got to know Taya, I really believed at that stage that this was the story that had to be told because this was not his story per se. This was the story of 300,000 veterans that had served and come back and had problems and, you know, and, and, and had, you know, marital, you know, difficulties, because when you're at war for that long, it's really difficult for your family to deal with it. And so, you know, I, I really felt that that part of the story was very important to tell that being Taya's part of the story as well. And that's why that the book was kind of crafted in that manner to give her point on, say, for example, what was going on in that chapter. And then her response was, you know, my God, you know, we'd see television reports and they'd say six Navy SEALs killed in a helicopter accident, news at five, and you wouldn't hear what's going on. And, you know, and it just got to the point where it was driving people crazy, including her, you know, because she had to deal with all this trauma as a result of having to see all these reports and things of that nature and really was not up to speed on what was going on. But it was a war that was fought much more in real time as far as the news you know, part of it is concerned, which is both good and bad, bad for the families many times. But um, long story short, one thing led to another. Chris and I agreed to do the book and uh, and uh, we went to HarperCollins. HarperCollins published it and, um, you know, it came out in 2012. And then we lost Chris, unfortunately, in February of 2013. I want to I sheer... 100% appreciation in the fact that you, the author, is moving the focal point from Chris to ultimately everyone that are in those situations. And I, I absolutely 100% that accolade after accolade will – thank you. Thank you. Um, I think so often we could easily, again, read the book and say, well, this is about Chris Kyle. We could watch the movie and say, well, this is about Chris Kyle. And the fact that you you can separate those pieces, being the author, um, I, I got the Holy Ghost bumps, and it's just like, that is an amazing story. And I know Chris's wife is a, an amazing advocate in, in this world as well uh, when it comes to those who have served and the involvement of the post-deployment uh, de piece and unfortunately, the post, not, uh, I don't even know what to say, the loss of life. Um, and I, I know she's a huge advocate. She's another one we would love to have on here to, to share. And I, the piece that I appreciate is the fact that she sees there's a mission after the fact. I see that yeah, you are saying there is a mission involved with sharing the story. And that is what we celebrate here is the fact that getting these stories out are pivotal to saving the lives of those who have already been through it. I mean, it, it's heartbreaking and wrenching when we go back and talk about how our Vietnam veterans were treated and how they still are treated. And we're trying to play catch up to say, hey, thank you for your service. And again, now we've got a whole, whole population of service members that are from uh, theater to home front within 24 hours, which is a big part of uh, Chris's story as well, and um, and and they're invisible. And we're done doing the invisible. We're gonna put a Rennie Shake Green 
um, moniker on each of these people. So I think our public needs to acknowledge and recognize. And again, I know that our veterans, when we got some of those that are out there that are, uh, thank you for your service. And they're just like, oh, my service is for me. And they want, I get that. They don't want to have the recognition because for a lot of our service members, it's, it's about them and what they got to do and not about getting recognition for it. And I totally get it. But our 90% of our society that gets to lay their big fat heads on the pillows of freedom daily without worrying what's coming in the back door and not having to worry about dialing 911, knowing that someone will be there to protect their, their backsides. Uh, they need to understand it comes at a cost. Well, no doubt. And I think uh, that's another one of the messages that I felt was important. And so did Chris. I mean, you know, Navy SEALs are not known as let's, let's just say, uh, the uh, most timid of warriors out there. If anything, they're probably some of the most radical along with, you know, some of the Marines, et cetera, you know, Marsock and a few other guys, these guys are, these are hardcore individuals and, and, and they're, they're trained and they're, and they, and they are the tip of the spear. So it was important for us when Chris was having some trouble to tell that story, because I always felt like if Chris could tell that story, then the other guy that maybe wasn't a Navy SEAL, and I'm not saying that pejoratively or negatively towards that other individual at all. Thank you, you know, for what you've done. But the one that maybe didn't go through the beatdown that the SEALs did to become what they became, you know, that uh, that those guys can come out and say, hey, look, it's okay to say, I need some help. You know, I need some help. I need some help because we're losing a lot of, uh, you know, we lose we're going to lose more people from suicide than we will from active duty. And a lot of people don't realize that, 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 that the battle still continues as we speak. And, you know, I mean, a lot of people kick around that 22 per day. I don't know what the actual stats are. I heard that's pretty accurate, but uh, you know, I mean, the SEAL team community itself has lost a huge number of people recently and, and it's, it's been devastating, you know? And so, you know, I, I have my, I have my criticisms, but I'm not going to criticize per se the uh, DOD or, for example, you know the VA. But I will say this: if you can spend a million dollars on a soldier, getting them up and ready to go out and fight wars for us, then you can damn well spend a million dollars to get them off that battlefield. I appreciate that statement, and again, I appreciate that you're not there here to criticize. There, there is a a systems, we'll call it a systems issue and a lack of investment in those systems. And uh, there has to be a, I don't like the word transition, but there has to be a transitional process. There, has to be. there is, there has to be, no doubt there has about to be. it. And, and while I'm on it, thank you, Johnny and Rebecca, for what you do. You know, I think veteran home housing is, is very important because it gives you a chance to to sleep. I mean, you know, just to literally sleep. And, you know, sometimes it's so difficult to sleep and get your head back together. And you hear it so often from these guys, because I work with a lot of guys that are, that are in recovery or that are in treatment or something like that. And it's like, they don't have a place to sleep. And that's a, that's a very difficult situation. Yeah, that's, uh, that's uh, Bobby and Peggy Krutzinger with Operation Texas Strong. And uh, thank you for that shout out again, Scott. Uh, Jamie and Rebecca. It's good to have you. I I mean, I've been looking at these clean-cut Air Force pictures for (laughs) 
for I don't know how long, and now we get some kind of hippie on here. I, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, but it's good to have you guys. Tell us what what gets us to have this conversation. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Hi, Mark and uh, Andrea. Thanks so much for having us uh, on the show today. And Scott, great to, to meet you. I've, I've, I've read your first book a couple times through, and it's a fantastic book. Thanks for telling telling the story, and uh, we, we appreciate it. And uh, uh, it's it's we're it, we're honored to be able to be on the on the same show with you tonight. Uh, tonight, and this is a, a surprise, but thanks. And um, yeah, we're we're just uh, we're we're excited to be here and uh, share a little bit of our music uh, with you. Um, we I retired last August, so I've been retired for you know not quite a year yet, and uh, and so. Um, for a long career. I was about three months shy of 42 years, if you can believe that. Uh, I know with the curly hair, I don't look that old, but yeah, I'm that old. So, yeah. I, I, I mean, when did you decide after the clean cut and, and regulations that it was time, I'm just going to let her go. I'm going to fall apart now. When did you decide that? <laughs> well, pretty it's much. Pretty, pretty much immediately. Yeah, pretty much immediately. Yeah. Stop shining the shoes. Yeah, you stopped the... Uh, Dress right, dress in your clothes in the closet, and well, the closet still looks pretty uniform, but um, <laughs> the, but I keep the door closed. So. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> it, it's I it is even uh, it's it's funny. I, it's something I keep in the closet too. I three fingers between every hanger. That's that's what I try to do, and uh, I don't know why I still do that. That's so. Um, just because we have uh, one of our amazing friends in here tonight, uh, do you guys know Scotty Hastings by chance? Hastings. Scott Hastings. Oh. Yeah. The name sounds oh, well. a little familiar, but I don't know. I don't, um, I don't think I know that person, but I see. Okay, oh, check him out. He's a Nashville artist down there as well. He's a he's a combat wounded wounded veteran and uh, does an amazing job. We love having him in our network and. Uh, we love having them here, and so uh, it's good to have you here, Scotty. Thanks for being there. Jeremy Daniels, we see all your stuff. We appreciate you, brother. Um, when did the music start? Okay, so I'll talk a little bit. Normally, she has the mic, so I have to borrow the mic from her to talk. Push her out of the way. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Give her a little hip check. It's fine. I'll, I'll start, and she can she can finish up. So I've, uh, I've, I've been singing – for, you know, forever, pretty much since I was a kid, uh, you know, in churches and stuff and um, other events and things like that, but never got to to really pursue it. Well, um, until recently, we're we're uh, we're newlyweds actually. Still, we've been married uh, about a year and a half, and uh, and the way we met was pretty cool. It was a really cool story. Uh, and um, Rebecca, I'll let her talk to her about her. Uh, her music career, but the way we met, um, we were living there in Nashville, both, uh, we didn't know each other. We had a mutual friend that, uh, that was familiar with Rebecca. Rebecca had a, had a show, a television show, um, that she was doing, uh, on, on demand type show. And, um, and it was dedicated to veterans and to, mil to the military. And so she had, um, as part of her stage set there in, um, in Lebanon, Tennessee, at uh, at Starstruck Farms, it was Reba McIntyre's old place, and it was uh, so. I'd say we met in Reba's old horse barn, and we did. And uh, but uh, she had a show there that every Thursday night she would film 
a show that was dedicated to veterans and you can find those shows they're still out there on roku and uh gosh, and amazon fire stick and all over the place yeah. there you can find yeah. those but but uh she needed an air force uniform that was the only one she didn't have on her set and so i just happened to have one <laughs> and so i've donated that to her and we met and man we just hit it off right away and then um uh, and then we started singing together um um soon after that um we went out, out visited with each other a couple of times and, and and really hit it off and then we now we do shows together and now we record music together so uh, and write music together so just a really cool thing kind I of a dream feeling she catfished you a little bit that's what i'm thinking that's where i'm gonna go maybe she, that's right she was catfishing you and <laughs> it seems like it's worked out so congratulations to both i'm teasing that's uh it's fun watching it uh and some of the ironic pieces of this and it's it's really weird when we find out how close we are to people in the network but we've actually kind of been close to you guys me and rebecca were talking pre-show um you guys have been nominated 16 times is that correct seven this year we're we're up for seven different categories this year okay for a, a josie ward which is uh independent artists here it's probably i say probably but i know it's one of the largest indie uh, it music. Is, it is. Um, mm -hmm. it is, I'll let it you is, say it. Go ahead. It's, yeah. it's the largest. The largest okay. yeah. in the whole world. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Uh, only in the fact that, and i sorry, I every time I get the chance to do this, I, I throw it out there. And uh, it, only because I like attention. But um, <laughs> this is what happened for the 2022 Josie Awards. I'm Mark Peterson with the People's Patriot Project. And I'm Andrea Eichmann with the People's Patriot Project. And we are live here in Nashville at the Josie Awards at the Grand Ole Opry. Tonight we'll be interviewing several of the nominees for Josie Awards. Come be part of the shock and awe, Patriot Pride. pretty exciting when the first people we get to interview are the goldens of the the oak ridge boys and i i mean that's that's pretty exciting um are were any of your friends in there yeah oh yeah yeah i recognize recognize william lee golden and chris golden and amy McAllister and uh jimmy parker and toby lee and <laughs> there was quite a few where were you in that line? Because I don't think I saw an end to the line. Was that 2022 or 2020? 2022. Okay, we weren't, I don't think we did, we didn't do the red carpet because we got in there so late. Okay. And then, right. and then we left, and then, and then we left, I think, just as the last person had gotten announced and it was getting late and we were, we were ready to hit on. That's so, a, that's so a long did. event. We didn't stay yeah. for it either. I, I, sadly, that was. We didn't. That's a lot shorter than it was when I first started going in 2017. It was, um, I think it started at one and we were still in there at 6 PM and they were maybe two thirds of the way done. They've, they've really done really good about trying to 
shorten it up a little bit because it's it, there's just so much stuff. So many so. categories, lots. Of Absolutely, um, yeah. Gabriel, you're not late. You're that's just the way this is. It's perfect timing. We can now start. We appreciate okay, you, bro. Um, <laughs> Gabriel was actually the one that did that video for us, so we appreciate uh, him. Cool. He's, yeah, great guy. Um, um, he's one of those Marine veterans. They get a little, you know, up. And <laughs> um, it was kind of funny because he was videographer, a.k.a. security, teach everyone cultural acceptance there. And that was it was great having them there and uh, sharing with us because um, <laughs> I'm not that smart. I'm going to be honest. Uh, I don't know who's walking through the line half the time. And he's uh, like, hey, you want it? This is the guy. And I'm like, OK, yeah, we got it. Thanks, David. So, so he was, a, he was a great coach, though. He did like put us right out there and the lighting, the microphone. Peterson wow. kept talking with the microphone way out here. I, just so many things, tiny little things that you don't think of when you sit here and do this that have to happen when you're live. I'm not used to having stuff like that up around my face. I'm sorry. I just couldn't uh, get the piece. I didn't. I, and I'm totally joking, but um, <laughs> I, go ahead. I hope you got you something. I hope you weren't asking us questions because we couldn't hear anything there for about 30 seconds. Oh, the most important part of the show just went by. So, <laughs> um, I got three songs queued up for you guys. Not really our resolution. That's why I and I don't have the whole list. I'm sorry. I want to go right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which song would you like to start off with? How about we start off with our resolution? Our resolution. Is there a story behind it? Oh, yeah, there's a good story behind it. Yeah, so I wrote, this is the song, uh, that's the title song of our EP that we just released uh, recently, Our Resolution. And uh, that that EP can be found everywhere on all digital platforms. Uh, and um, so I started writing this song about six, maybe six years ago. I wrote the, the first verse and the chorus, and then... I, I sat it down and then I would look at it occasionally, but didn't really add to it until until after we were married, uh, maybe a year ago. And then I picked it up and finished it in about a half hour. And then uh, we went pretty pretty soon after that. We went to the uh, to the engineer, a great engineer in Nashville, Brent Ronan, and uh, does a, a great job. But the song is. A song from my heart. You know, I got I got to wear the uniform for over 40 years, and if you listen closely in the song, our resolution, you'll hear a quote. They're not actually quotes because I had to paraphrase to make them fit in the song, but um, quotes of uh, many of our nation's leaders from way back, from the beginning, from Revolutionary War times all the way up to modern day uh, to the modern day. So. Um, it's uh, it's it was just my my uh, being able to put my heart into a song, and I'm just thrilled at how it uh, how it turned out. Rebecca, of course, sings the the background vocals on it. When you hear that, you think it's an angel, and it is. It's my wife, Rebecca. Uh, I told sing. I told him to say that. <laughs> yeah. I, I so know, yeah. I can see who wears the pants right now. I see. <laughs> so that's it for our resolution. It's uh. Uh, 
we like to uh, we like to describe it as a gritty, patriotic song. And um, when I whenever I I'm talking to someone and I tell them about the song, I tell them this. I said the best way to listen to this song is to put it on some speakers, like when you get in your truck or at home. Put it on some really good speakers, and then turn it up loud and listen with a little bit of an attitude. That's how you need to listen to this song. So that's that's it for our resolution. Well, let's give it a shot. This is uh, Jamie and Rebecca Bagwell with our resolution. He drew the line. He set it into where I live. I have only this life to give Hammers fell And free red blood was spilled And when the smoke cleared Around the world the sky was filled With the sound of freedom Let it ring loud in their heads Liberty delivered on the backs of the free and the dead They left their homes and their families They laid it all on the line This is our resolution We're gonna live free or die In the course of time Freedom was slipping away Torn down by the creatures of the swamp hill bent on making the free Trying to tame our spirits and take away our God and guns I don't want them running my life and I know I'm not the only one There are little white stones standing all across this land today Marking the place where our battle-scarred warriors' sacred bodies lay. They swore an oath to protect us from evil without and within. I know they'd all love to rise up and throw down one more time again. And shout the sounds of freedom, let it ring loud in their heads. Liberty They left their homes and their families They laid it all on the line This is our resolution We're gonna live free or Never more than one generation from extinction May it's on us all If it's more than a story for our children's children We've got to answer the call If we are to remain the home of the brave And the land of the free It's up 
We the people to secure the blessings of liberty Stand up and shout for freedom Let it ring loud in their heads Liberty delivered on the backs of the free and the dead They left their homes and their families They laid it all on the line This is our resolution We're gonna live free or die This is our resolution We're gonna live free or die Tell me a reason why not uh, that doesn't put a little uh, spirit in your soul. <laughs> yeah. I definitely yeah, I got the attitude. Definitely. Attitude? That was that was driven home, man. That was, uh, I love it. I love it. Um, Scott, what was your shock and awe moment? And only because, the, I mean, again, you've got many works done. Uh, American Sniper is the one that hangs out here for our audience and what we're talking about tonight. What was your shock and awe moment during the, the writing of that project? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, there was a, you know, I mean, it, it, while writing the project, you know, you, you run into a lot of things. I mean, because I... I've written books with other SEAL team members, including Ryan Zinke, who's a congressman out of, say, for example, Montana, and was also Secretary of the Interior. And I always, I always give advice to others that are writing books that they better submit to the DOD because you are legally responsible to submit to the DOD. And if you do not, they can take the totality of your uh, proceeds from the book and or prosecute you or both. So, um, so, you know, it's very important, you know, as you know, and obviously from a legal background that I, that I am, you know, I mean, uh, I, I tell everybody, look, if you're going to write about things that happen while you're in service, whether you think it's classified or not, you damn well better do it because they will use those issues, you know, to their advantage, as we saw with, say, with another writer that's out there that uh, I'd, I'd just rather not mention. But uh, anyway, um, you know, so I was I was kind of shocked by the DOD, by a few of the things I got back from them, you know, as far as confirmed kills, as far as, you know, medals, as far as stuff that they'd screwed up on, that their records were really not accurate on. And, and you know, and I felt that they would have a more, uh, I guess, a more their, their their act together a little bit better, and 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 unfortunately they did not. So I had to deal with those issues, you know, and 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 it caused us a lot of delays, and it caused us a lot of problems, and it caused, you know, some attacks from the left because they're going to attack you for whatever they can, you know, when you're writing a patriotic book, they want to find holes to try and attack the messenger because they know that the message is so strong. And, you know, not unlike the song, and I enjoyed that song as well. You know, thank you. That, that's, a, that's a great piece. But, uh, you know, they're going to find ways to come after you. And, you know, and, and, you know, and Chris, 
I don't think he was quite so prepared for those criticisms and for that kind of limelight. And, uh, you know, and, and then when things blew up to the point of, you know, number one New York Times bestseller for literally months, you know, weeks and months, it, you know, it, it, it just takes on a different, a different uh, importance, I guess. And, and so, you know, I mean, I, I felt Chris did a good job with it. I mean, there were, there were mistakes we both made, but uh, when you get thrown that much into the limelight and, you know, you're, you're doing Bill O'Reilly, you know, Johnny Carson, whatever, you know, Conan O'Brien, you know, AOL, every, everything you can imagine for interviews, there's going to be a lot of incoming. There's going to be a lot of incoming you're going to have to deal with. Well, of course, the, the People's Patriot Project. I mean, you forgot to list that on that list. Yeah, of, there's, there's, yeah. Yeah. You know. so. <laughs> yeah. So, but, you know, I felt like I felt like the message got across and I was very pleased, you know, frankly, although movies are never the same as books because your your medium that you have to work with is so much more limited as opposed to the canvas that you have with a book, you get 400 pages to write your story and to write the story of the individual who you're trying to write about. But I felt that Clint did a great job, Clint Eastwood, and I felt that Jason, you know, Hall did a great job of, 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 of with the script because, you know, it's hard to take all of those things and put them in 20 scenes. It's like what you got to cut from, you know, for example, a song. You know, you can do 50 verses, but it's it's not going to play. You know, you know, it's not going to work. You know, but the bottom line is you have to you have to limit, you know, what you're doing. And I felt that, uh, you know, within the time frame that that Clint had to work with and that, you know, and that Bradley did a great job acting Chris's part, too, that 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 movie was it was was a very, very good reflection of the book and a very, very good reflection of Chris. And and so I, I, I take my hat off to to Clint Eastwood and to Bradley Cooper. And, you know, Clint is a known patriot, but I'll tell you right now, Bradley, Bradley is a good man as well. And he did a great job with that character. And I think he brought honor to not only Chris, but to the military by, by the job he did. I am absolutely impressed. I've read several articles uh, with Mr. Cooper involved and just uh, even his recognition like even for himself, not actually being proactive with the 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 pieces, but you know he's he's acting, but like yeah. the PTSD he pulled away from being the actor to that piece. I, I'm just like, thanks for recognizing, thanks for understanding, thanks for being part. And I I do think he did an amazing job of portraying. No, Bradley Bradley Bradley's a good man, and you know Clint runs. I'll give you one little Hollywood story. Uh, Clint runs a closed a closed uh, set for for his movies, and when I say closed set, there's no girlfriends, there's no paparazzi, there's no BS, there's you know you know basically you, if you're not if you're there you're there to work, and that's why he's such an efficient and you know and he, and he's worked so long in that industry is because he's on time and on budget, and so you know I I was on the set and he actually allowed me to bring some pretty some pretty injured warriors with me. And uh, he took the time to, to, to spend some time with them that day. And, uh, you know, and uh, Bradley, one of the guys couldn't speak uh, because he'd had such a, such a bad brain injury and a bad brain bleed. He'd lost his ability to speak in his cerebral cortex. 
And so he had to communicate through a iPad. <clears throat> and I'll tell you, Bradley sat there for two hours talking to him through his iPad, you know, and, 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 and reading back and forth. And it wasn't like your Hollywood, hey, what's going on? I'm the biggest actor in the world. You know, three times, you know, best looking man in People magazine, this kind of stuff. The guy's genuine. He's, he's the real deal. And, you know, and I really appreciated, you know, the time that he spent with the, with the warriors that I brought there that, that I'm sure that I know appreciated it as well. I appreciate, and again, your, uh, your, your firsthand accord of this conversation is actually brings even more patronage to that, to him as a person. Um, that was going to be one of my next questions was, uh, did you get to have a role? Did you get to have a, a piece in helping with the, the, the direction of uh, the movie? I would say my biggest piece in helping with the direction of the movie is um, I literally engaged in the only conversation that Chris ever had with Bradley Cooper when the decision was made that Bradley was going to play Chris. And that was a huge decision because you know, Bradley wasn't the type of guy you would you would typecast for this type of role. And, you know, and, and Bradley basically got on the phone with Chris and I, and, and I told Chris, look, you know, I really believe he can do it. I really believe he can pull it off. I think he's going to get in shape to do it. I think he's got the mentality to do it. And I think he's willing to, you know, get a little sand in his mouth and, and spit it out like a seal would, you know, and get that feeling. And, you know, and so I felt that was an important decision. And then Jason Hall, you know, really... I'm, I'm the one that made the call on Jason Hall and Jason did a great job in adapting the uh, book to the script. And I worked really closely with Jason, you know, so those two decisions where it's at. I mean, when you got a movie that's being directed by somebody like Clint Eastwood, I mean, let's face it. What the hell am I going to bring to that conversation? You know, that's like, you know, that's like, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's just not going to happen, you know. It, it, you know, it's like me trying to tell Hemingway how to write a book after I'd written one book after American Sniper. It ain't going to happen. You know, I mean, it's like I'm not I'm not at that level. I'm not even near that level and probably never will be at that level, you know, but uh, and I can recognize and appreciate that. I have no you know, I'm not I don't have an ego on that. But, you know, so, no, I mean, you, you just stand back and watch the master at work. I love it. I love it. Uh, and I mean, we never know what we're going to get when we get bring guests on. Of course, we get we chase the shiny objects. We like, oh, my gosh, yeah, we got Scott McEwen on it. This is going to be great. And uh, and I just I appreciate the humility. I appreciate your candidness. I appreciate the real conversation. And uh, and we thank you. Um, we're at that one hour mark. So I, again, I want to be uh, cognizant of everyone's time. Um, yeah, I've got a hard out in five minutes. I've got a five Oh five. I don't know why I got two interviews today. So I'm good. probably going to leave you guys here and thank you very much for having me on. I really appreciate it. And thank you for the music as well. You guys, I really like your stuff. I'll look it up thank and, you. uh, and, uh, you know, um, keep up the fight. You know, we're, we're, we're being attacked from many directions right now. And I like to try and tell people, look, all we've got to do is stand up and tell the truth and tell it the way it is and support the people that support this country. And they will lose. They will lose. The people that don't like this country will lose. And all we got to do is stand up and do it. And I think people are doing more of that now. We see people standing up at school boards. We see moms coming in and getting the FBI chasing them and 
you know, yeah. and everything else because they're they're not willing to take it anymore. And I really appreciate that that Americans are willing to do that and be patriots because, you know, I mean, we got a great nation, we got a great group of people here, and we don't need to put up with this crap. You know, we just don't need to do it. That's the, that's the bottom line. Uh, just take the mic and drop it right now. Boom. That's <laughs> Thanks, guys. You guys, I, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. I'm, Thank I'm, you, Mr. I'm, I'm, Thank I'm you. out. Thanks, Scott. I hope you guys don't have a heart out now. I mean, that's <laughs> we can close her up, but uh, where do you go, honestly, from there? I mean, we but we got two amazing patriots here. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I've done a a friend of mine has done some stalking and has got some you know behind the scenes information that maybe we would share later and just work in a collaborative uh effort uh in the near future. Uh, but uh um what where has this um has this mission of your music tell tell me some of the things that that's brought to your plate yeah. um for me um i've been um i i didn't i didn't come from a musical background as a child um i was in a boarding school that was a cult um from the time i was six till i was 11 so didn't hardly hear i think i might have heard you know, a few hymns here and there that we actually got to sing. And um, then when I got out of there, I was about 19 years old when a friend of the family heard me sing and asked if she could pay for me to have voice lessons. So that was kind of the start to my musical journey of things that um, have come my way that I'm blessed with. Um, didn't do a whole lot with my voice um, until I was probably in my 30s. And I started competing for, with karaoke contests of all things. And um, I'm from New Hampshire, so it was up in that area. And then um, what started to bring me towards the Nashville area was uh, the, the first place winner for the state of New Hampshire representing North America couldn't attend Pigeon Forge to compete for North America. And so I was the runner up and I was the one that got to go to Pigeon Forge. And that was when the, the thing of, Maybe I can sing. Maybe I should do a little more of this. Started to happen, and um, <laughs> it was in 2010. I came to Nashville to record my very first duet with um, someone up in Massachusetts. He was coming and, and had filled in as a drummer um, for my band in 2010. And that was when I went. I think I need to do something besides be a secretary the rest of my life because that's my that's my career. I'm administrative assistant for 27 years of my life, and um, so in 20. Uh, 2011, I moved to Nashville, didn't have a job, didn't have a place to live, and just thought, well, I don't want to be 90 and still be sitting behind a desk as a secretary going, well, I did sing a little bit, but I never really gave it my, you know, my, never gave it my whole heart. And um, so I, so I did that and um, it's just opened a whole bunch of doors just having moved to Nashville. It's been, it's been hard. I would never say that it was, you know, a piece of cake and everything's been handed to me on a silver platter because nothing ever has been to me, <laughs> but you know, it just kind of fits in with everything. And, you know, I always say to people, you know, if you want to, if you want something, um, just work, work hard for it and, and, um, uh, try to find the people that are like-minded and, you know, and find the people that will support you. I don't mean financially, but support you with a positive comment or you're going the right way, or maybe go this way instead, or help you by hand, you know, throw you a bone here and there. And um, so I've, I've been really blessed to 
have, I was a touring musician for a while before COVID crazy came to town. And then um, when COVID came was when I started my show, which leads me up to the present moment um, where um, I started it in my living room with my telephone is how I started all by myself. And I'm not a guitar player, but I can play a little bit. So I would get on the, on Facebook just because nobody was, no, no musicians were out. And so I would just start tinkering a little bit on my guitar and talking a little bit to my friends out on Facebook. And I started realizing that people are really hungry to hear that everybody's okay out there. And musicians were really hungry to do something. They didn't care if they were getting paid. They didn't care about anything. They just wanted to get out there in front of your crowd, my crowd, their crowd, who's ever crowd. And so that was what started it all. And I would start having um, this musician and that musician would come to my living room and, and it ended up a television um, guy came in and started setting up his television cameras. And, and then I started having people that wanted to come as a live studio audience. And I went, yeah, this is my house. I can't do this anymore at my house. So that was what um, <laughs> took me over to Reba McIntyre's former place there in, in Lebanon, Tennessee. And we were able to use a whole stage and cameras and stuff like that and didn't have the Air Force uniform. And so that kind of brought me up to right about now. So it's just been thing after thing. And that, that, that uh, show was really cool because, um, and we want to get back to it, but um, I would have veteran um, vendors like Authentically American, who is just all American-made stuff um, over in Franklin, Tennessee. He would come and he'd speak about his products and things like that. And then we'd have, we'd have, um, there was a veteran, a, a Vietnam veteran came up from Texas with a whole crowd. Um, the Rodeo Queens came up from Texas with this one particular Vietnam veteran and his wife. And so it was just a whole lot of really cool things that just happened because, you know, I just wanted, I didn't want to just be singing to sing. It needed to have some sort of reason and got to know about the Fisher house and got to know, um, well, got to know Jamie. And, you know, it's just been a, a great thing that that show, actually COVID was really very, very kind to me. <laughs> uh, it's kind of weird that you say that because uh, that is actually what spurred off our kind of a weird I say fortunate, unfortunate uh, exposure to a national audience and because uh, the People's Patriot Project was just a Minnesota-based nonprofit that wanted a one-stop shop uh, accommodations for veterans and first responders. And we put together a, a live Zoom. It started off as a Zoom uh, because we the media was telling us how terrible life was for everybody and we're all going to die and we're all depressed and we're all... And I'm like, hogwash. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in my house because you tell me I've got to be here. I yeah. let's do this show. And we started uh, doing, uh, we called it the, the virtual happy hour. And we, we did stuff <laughs> like this. And uh, uh, we were all starting to get fat. And uh, it was weird. And so then we all went on a diet. And then we were, one of our, our shtick was what's in the cup. And, you know, by, by June, we were all drinking water again, and it's like, that's not a very fun conversation. So, uh, And then we started bringing musicians on and boots-on-the-ground organizations from all over the country on because what we were finding was a lot of times our veterans and first responders would reach out to us, and they're like, oh, my gosh, you answered the phone. And I'm like, isn't that what support organizations are supposed to be doing? And yeah. they're like, 
this organization, this organization, this organization, they won't return my phone calls. They won't return my email. And I'm like, that is, that's a critical poop the bed right there. I'm sorry. Uh, we have roughly 50,000, 46,000 some uh, nonprofit organizations across the country saying you are helping veterans and first responders. They're calling you at the moment of crisis. You better, <laughs> we're here to cut the fluff. I'm, that's that's our in our mission statement. We are here to cut the fluff. If you're not doing your job, hang it up, get out of the way, or join us. Uh, that's what we're we're at. And so um, that's where we're at. This is just such a unique connection. And I, again, it took us. You guys have been on our books for a good chunk of time, and you've been in our the know for a while. Of course, <laughs> Mr. Bagwell had to retire and had to grow his hair out and stuff. But uh, yeah. we're he's there now. Um, how long are you gonna let it grow? Well. Uh... You know, I haven't had a haircut in a long time. It's been, it's been since you were that before you well, there. it's been since probably almost a year. I haven't had a haircut. You're and looking good. The longer it gets, the curlier it gets. So I don't know who's yeah. ever come, you know, like down here. So my youngest son said, Dad, let it grow to your shoulders. And so I don't know, maybe we'll let it grow to your shoulders. We'll see. Rebecca probably didn't know what a really good dude, good looking guy you were until you started doing <laughs> hair. So that's. I actually liked his hair when it was when it was just just the day that he retired because it wasn't it wasn't this crazy yet and it was <laughs> and it was he was able to feather it back and it looked it just looked like oh my oh. that's right. <laughs> now it's just like I'm married to a hippie yeah. see how we kind of bring out the stuff of people Jamie now you know what she really likes but uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah there you go. Um, we got not really, and that's why I want to go. What, uh, which one you want to go with now? Yeah, let's do not really. This was the first song that we, we sang that we recorded together. Uh, and, uh, it's, uh, I didn't, we didn't write the song. A friend of ours wrote the song. He's a very, very famous, uh, yeah. very famous Nashville songwriter. He's in, he has, the, he's in the songwriter hall of fame. Right, yeah, and uh, Jerry Foster is his name, and uh, I know, yeah, we try to. Jerry's a, a veteran as well. We're being trying yeah. to get him on the show, yeah. and a great storyteller. Yeah, he's a fantastic yeah. storyteller. If, if, yeah, and if you have him on the air, just make sure you have plenty, plenty of hours because he loves <laughs> to tell stories, and they're great stories. They are. They're all good stories. Yeah, so he let us sing this song, and uh, and uh, and we we love it. It was our first song. We get a lot of a lot of good reviews on this song. We actually were able to perform this song um, live on the Louisiana, down in Louisiana at the Shreveport Municipal Auditorium last um, July. Yeah, last July, almost a year. And, um, and that was where um, Elvis got his start, where Johnny Cash, right? Hank, uh, Hank, Hank Snow, Senior. Hank Senior. Hank, Hank Senior. Senior. All these <laughs> famous people got there. It's an enormous stage. When you walk on it, you're like, you feel like you're like this big. Well, you can't probably see it too good. But there we go. Um, feel like they're this big on, you know, like an ant on an elephant's back. There we go. Yeah. And um, and then there's this brass screw that's in the kind of in the middle of the stage where, you know, that's supposed to be the famous uh, brass screw where everybody has stood that was anybody. So, um, but we're supposed to be going back there again in on November fourth for uh, back to the Shreveport Municipal Auditorium and, and uh, keeping it country 
with Don Caldwell and Dave Gore. I'll just give them a shout out because they, they're the ones that put that on. And this year, seeing how we're talking about it, is um, going to be is going to be for who's it's a veteran. Yeah, it's for a veterans organization. Um, I just can't remember for the life of me what it's for, but it's for it's to it's a charity event, and I think the municipal auditorium holds like twenty five hundred people, and um, the Bellamy brothers are going to be there. Um, uh, Ronnie McDowell, you remember uh, Leona Williams? Leona Williams, who was Merle Hag one of Merle Haggard's wives. Um, so that'll be November fourth. So there, we just did some free advertising for those guys. <laughs> hey, that's what we do, and that's exciting. We'll get back to that when we come back. But this is Jamie and Rebecca Bagwell with Not Really. said you would meet me here and maybe we could talk I checked my watch as you walked through the door never seen you look so good I'm really glad I called just seeing you was sure worth waiting for there's things I'd like to ask you, but I don't want to know. It's just not that important anymore. Unless, of course, there's someone else you can't let her go. If you tell me, then I'll know for sure. Not really I never gave my heart away To anybody No Not really I never had loved anyone Not 
Rebecca Bagwell with not really. Uh, no. So for the next part of the show, we would ask what you guys have. Um, what's coming up in your near future? You've got a lot of, a lot of time now probably to think about things being retired, but I feel like you probably have some plans already on the calendar. Yeah. He's, he's actually, he's actually not, he still works. He still does a contract job um, in DC. So he's not, he's not like off a lot, but, um, it's kind of a hybrid job, so he's back and forth some, and, and um, we have um, for uh, the the most exciting, uh, most immediate thing happening is July 29th, right here at our new place in Murray, Kentucky, where we moved um, back in December, and um, the people that owned this place before us built this incredibly beautiful garage. And it was for like their 67 or 68 Corvette or Chevelle or whatever it was. Um, and I don't know why you would build something of this caliber for your car because it's enormous. It's 40, 40 by 40 or 42 by 42. And it's got 14 foot ceilings and 12 foot garage doors. We have our 30 foot camper stored in here. And um, so that's if that gives you any, indi any indication, it's only taking up half of it. And um, so we're going to do... Um, we, we've been working on it since about January, turning it into um, a, an intimate music venue where we'll we'll have um, hopefully have maybe a couple fairly big name acts um, a couple times a year, and then probably the rest of the time we'll either be filming for our show that I it used to be my show and now it'll be our show. We'll be filming some stuff here where we can have live studio audience if people want to be involved, and. Um, and then we'll probably maybe do some shows with some independent artists just because, um, you know, we're both independent artists and the independent artist doesn't get, um, doesn't get a whole lot of, um, it doesn't get what? a lot of press, a lot of press. Um, you know, as an independent artist, you have to fight for everything you can get. So that's kind of our heart is to make it kind of an intimate venue. Um, cause it'll only hold, Maybe on a good day, it might hold 150, but I'm not going to guarantee that. Maybe I would say it's going to be comfortable at 125, and that might be a little cozy. But um, so our first event is January 29th. It's going to be a half a day festival is what we're doing, and it'll be 11 to uh, 3. And we're going to, Jamie and I are going to do a little bit. Um, Tina Patterson-White, who is um, a great singer, she actually sounds a lot like Loretta Lynn. Um, she actually won, I think, Songwriter Achievement of the Award um, with the Josies last year. And I think she's up for a traditional uh, female artist of the year this year herself. So she's one of the artists. And then we've got Merlin Jean, who has his own show on RFD TV. And you can find his stuff out there on um, the RFD channel, I believe. And then we've got Ray Cooper, who is a uh, comedian. So uh, those four. And then the headliner is Carolyn Don Johnson, who currently tours with Martina McBride. And she had big hits back in the early 2000s. She wrote um, the song, if you remember, uh, Single White Female that Shelley Wright recorded. And um, she has a real funny story to tell about that. And actually, I'm going to share it right here real quick. Um, <laughs> uh, she was here and she was, she was, she'd come out of a, a venue after doing a show and she could hear this song blaring. 
um, from someone's car and she stopped and she went, that sounds like my song. And so she, she gets closer, she gets closer and she realizes that it's Shelly Wright sitting in the car blaring her song to make sure that it's really the one that she wants to cut. And she starts, they don't know each other. And so she starts hammering on the window and Shelly rolls the window down a little bit. And she goes, that, she didn't even say hi or introduce herself. She goes, that's my song. That's my song. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. And um, so she'll be the headliner um, closing out the show from two to three that day. And that poster for that event's all over Facebook and it's free to the public. And um, we're just asking for donations that will go to the fire department for our our rescue team and um, and then also uh, the Humane Society for injured animals that the owner can't be found. So that's that's what we're doing for that day. So that's our biggest thing. What else we got? Going yeah, on? well, we're back. Like you said, we're back at the uh, Shreveport, Louisiana Municipal Auditorium. Oh, and I sent that email over to you, um, Mark, with it's for the AMVETS, and I sent it to you in an email. There's a poster um, that you can see what that's about in case you're interested or something. I sent I, While we were listening to our song, I sent that in your email. Very cool. I think I went and found that, too. Is that um, Keeping It Country? Yeah. Uh-huh. And Sons yeah. of AMVETS. Okay. I went on the site, too, okay. and looked because it, it made me curious. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. So, yeah. Um, what else are we doing? Well, August, we're at the uh, um, oh, yeah, Wilson, County Fair. Wilson County Fair in Nashville. It's the largest fair in, in Tennessee. Uh, um, and then so we'll be there uh, doing some music. And then, um, sorry, one of our cats is yeah. attacking the stage. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry about that. It's like having children, I think. Yeah, we usually, we usually keep our uh, we usually keep our schedule out most of our schedule out on uh, on our website or Facebook. I try um, to. I don't always keep up with it real well, but most of the time we've, we've been mainly we've been so busy. We haven't been playing out a lot recently. We've been really busy trying to get this uh, get this get our barn in shape for the, our grand opening. So um, we, we we play a few shows, uh, small shows uh, local around here. And then, um, and, and, then, and then the music scene hayride. Yeah, yeah. The, there's a show over at the Troubadour Theater in Nashville on Music Valley Drive that Dean Holman is the CEO, and it's been going on I think since 2015. The Music City Hayride, and we'll be. Um, I'm doing the anthem for every one of those shows this year. Again, I did it last year, and um, and then I think the next show that we're on besides just the anthem, I think is. Well, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. It seems like it might be September, but I'm not sure of that. I'd have to look at my calendar. But I think he, I don't know if he necessarily puts the dates out there until closer to when they're happening. I don't really remember how he does that. So, yeah. sure. Sure. No, very cool. What do you, and I, I get an idea and a gist, and I kind of heard a little bit as I was coming back in. Jamie, what are you doing in your retirement? <laughs> that was pretty well, building, building yeah, building music theater. Uh, I'm on my tractor a lot, you know, bush hogging and, and uh, dragging my box blade and smoothing out dirt and stuff like that. That's a lot of fun and it's very therapeutic if you don't have a tractor. I would, I would suggest a 1952 
Ford 8N. They're very nice. <laughs> That's what I have. But uh, very therapeutic. But also, I do I do work, uh, serve uh, in a government job right now, still working uh, for the Air Force uh, as a contractor uh, on a sort of a hybrid remote job. So I get to do that sometimes at home. Sometimes I have to travel up to D.C. for that. So I do that. Uh, and that between that and the, and the music, uh, stay pretty busy. And the tractor. Yeah. And my wife, of course. I like the tractor. You got to have a like a committed subject passion, and it sounds like you got all that. So, I, um, I love it. I love it. Um, and again, if you guys have a moment in, in post show after our we run our our last piece, we'd like you to hang on for a little collab opportunity at the end. If you got to go, we totally yep. get it. But uh, sure. we, can do um, that. we do want to always uh, mention that we do carry the platform of making sure that we are, we like bringing recognition, but uh, we're kind of done with recognizing the fact that 6,000 veterans have killed themselves uh, for the last 20 years straight. Um, I, I, it's not a secret anymore. Uh, Mr. McEwen was talking about the number 22. Uh, we know that number fluctuates between 17 and 75 a day. Um, and we know that we can't put a number on our first responders because uh, yeah. they're not. There's no data in the fact that uh, there's no combined uh, collaborative agency that's collecting that information. Um, and so uh, we're hearing stories about our police officers daily. We're hearing stories about we lost a firefighter this week. Uh, unfortunately, it was a heart attack. Uh, commander for the St. Paul uh, Fire Department. Our thoughts and our, our hearts go out to that uh, department, that family, that community. Um, you know, these men and women are running into fires when uh, most of us run away from those fires. And at the same time, no one hesitates for a second to dial 911 uh, with an expectation that someone's going to show up. And uh, our, our platform and mission is that we need to make sure we are supporting these veterans and first responders. Uh, our veterans are enlisted men and women. Um, it's 90% uh, of our United States population literally has no skin in the game. And again, this doesn't come across as an attack. It comes across as please have an understanding. It's amazing that we have to teach people that uh, milk eggs, meat, and cheese doesn't just happen in the grocery store. Well, same thing with your freedom. Your freedom just didn't happen. Your freedom came because on the backs of the men and women who put their skin in the game, their their sweat, their blood, uh, the stories and the narrative we put before in our pledge, uh, their lives um, and, you know, their loved ones in, in harm's way to make sure you have the freedoms to go get what flavor of mulatte or uh, frou-frou drink you want to get from whatever branded coffee drink you want to have. Um, please understand, this is a this is a critical mission. And uh, um, all of us have one of these devices in our, in our arm's reach, and we do ask you, reach out. Uh, we don't ask you to do it one time a week. Uh, we ask you to do it. Uh, in a six pack, I promise you, uh, this is, 
if you reach out and say, hey, I was just thinking about you, six people in your network, and I'm not talking veterans or first responders. This is where we openly open this to all listeners and all purposes. Six people in your contacts uh, and say, hey, I was just thinking about you. I promise you, it may stir on a conversation, but it's probably a conversation worth having. Um, reach out to six people in that network and say, hey, I was just thinking about you. I promise you, it will open some eyes. It will bring some recognition. It will, and tell them, tell them, hey, we got your six at six. Patriot Playtime said to do it. We're doing it. We're doing it. We did uh, this as a campaign a couple months ago where we did it every day for a month straight. Uh, I don't know that we reached as many people as I wanted to. Uh, that's my truth because we're still having 22 suicides a day. And uh, we'll get it figured out. But I need, I, when I say I, I mean we, we, all of us, our, our, our network, our community, our, our society, our families, we need you to reach out to others to make this effective. And it's not, that's not even, that's just the small part of the mission. That's, um, we constantly ask people, what are you doing? What are you doing? Um, if you're not doing anything, uh, enjoy your freedoms. And I, absolutely 100% say that in kind of a, a snide way because I think a lot of people uh, enjoy the opportunity uh, to uh, celebrate the 4th of July. I mean, uh, celebrate, uh, you celebrate your daily moments every day by getting up and driving whatever vehicle you've chosen to afford, whatever house you've chosen to live in, getting whatever pillow you decide to lay that big fat head on. Sorry if that's rough. <laughs> Um, but uh, I, this is an important piece to me. And uh, if you're not doing nothing, I wish I could ship you out of here, but I, I don't <laughs> um, it, it goes along with a little bit of the mission uh, that Mr. McEwen was talking about earlier and uh, uh, the mission of uh, Jamie's first song. Um, <laughs> I just don't know anymore. I really wish we had a bigger audience only in the fact that I don't think I need to be talking to our veterans and first responders. We need to be talking to the world. And uh, mm -hmm. yep. it's a positive message. Um, I'm not here to attack anyone. Enjoy whatever holiday you get to enjoy every single day. Let's enjoy all of them. Let's enjoy all cultures. Let's enjoy, let's enjoy it all. But remember, it all came at a cost. And uh, that's the piece we need to. Uh, sorry, I get on my rant every once in a while. You guys got to sit through it. I apologize, Jamie and Rebecca. I, you don't have to apologize to us. Just don't, get, just don't get me started too much. You won't be able to get off the Hey, show. let's get you started. Um, <laughs> so that's why I want to go. Well, tell me about that one. That song um, was a song that Jamie and I heard a couple years ago and when I was filming my show. And um, a friend of mine, Mike Oldham, wrote that song. And I've known Mike for about 12 years. And I always say um, it's cool because he was the second person that uh, invited me to sing on his stage down on Broadway when I first moved to Nashville. So um, it's nice how, you know, friendships like that can just last for years and years and years. And then you finally get to cut one of their songs. You know, it feels feels kind of like a thank you for 
you know, giving me a moment of your time on your stage down on Broadway 12 years ago or 13 years ago at this point, I guess it was about. So um, this is, a Mike, Mike Oldham wrote this and um, we just loved it and thought that this is a really good message in this song too, so. Uh, this is uh, Jamie Rebecca Bagwell with That's Why I Wanna Go.
That is Jamie and Rebecca Bagwell with That's Why I Want to Go. Those last two songs had, um, I just, it's kind of raw. Kind of, it, they're very feeling songs. I, just both of them, have, I hadn't heard the last one yet. So that it's very touching. I like it. Thank you. We do a lot of songs, and mostly whether we're playing in a bar or playing, uh, you know, another location. We, we, you know, our faith is very important to us, and a lot of times we'll end our show with, a, a lot of times, an old hymn, like from the old hymnal from the church, and uh, and people love it. And so we we do that, you know, uh, just just because you know, our faith is very important to us, and and we uh, and we enjoy singing those old songs. So. Absolutely. So we're right in the middle of our relaunch of uh, WP3 Radio. Would you guys have a problem with us uh, posting your music in the radio station? Well, that'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be great. We have one more, too, that we could send you, the fourth one that we didn't send. I could send you that fourth one if you wanted that one, too. 100%. Yeah, we have over 105 veteran and first responder musicians from across the country that we do this radio, uh, and love it and uh, uh there's no other radio station that has a, a compilation a collaboration and uh uh just the network of uh hard-working men and women that have had skin in the game uh we do we throw some patriot players in there you can't do this without uh coffee anderson's america mr uh red white and blue and so that's uh and lee lee greenwood you know you gotta have him in there and that's yeah. uh we, <laughs> We make sure that uh, uh, there's some some of our followers, some of our listeners that believe in this country and believe in the the mission and the path. Now, don't get me wrong; we got to hear our Metallica, and uh, I think Stephen John, one of our our Marine uh, musicians, was doing a cover of uh, TLC. Uh, you know, no, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know who I just came across too that we can't forget. We've run into one. Um, metal, steel, stale, stay metal, Ray. Um, stay metal, Ray. Yeah, you guys. Yeah. That's probably in your li listening playlist. I'm pretty confident. Um, no, he's no, no. I bet there are a lot of younger. I don't know. Not super young though. Um, but it's it's screamo. It's a different oh. type than what I. I was ready. I was ready for it, but it was he. And there's all kinds of listeners out there. Yeah, he's just a regular, his name is actually Raymond Charles, Ray Charles. And so when you meet him, you know, you might have a little preconceived, like, hmm. Um, no, he's just your average guy who did a, a military stint. And yeah, and then he does this screamo music. So and we have a couple of opera singers and um, some comedians that we'll have around too. So cool. yeah. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, thank you. Um, I already made your folder. I just want a major folder, so it's all ready to <laughs> put the music in. <laughs> I'll send that. I'll send that fourth one over to you. I'll try to get that done tomorrow. And you guys are always welcome to come and, and tell us what you're doing, and make sure we stay connected. And uh, don't leave after our closing comments. We'll we'll uh, yeah, we'll do a little collab moment. And uh, Miss Eichmann, you got anything in closing? No, and just a reminder, next weekend's guests, again, are um, Jamie Bonetto and um, Rick Brown. 
Um, you know, what did I, I thought I wrote down a note. Mm. Oh. Well, let me think. Let me think. What did I write down? We have a lot of notes, you guys. I don't know if <laughs> I can keep it. Oh, I know. <laughs> well, it's a long page that I've cut down even because our new guy was like, what is all this stuff? So no, just what's coming up. Um, so we're looking already at August. Um, anybody out there who has people they think might be good on the show, because we do get some good recommendations. We do follow up. It doesn't always work out in schedules, but we do always follow up. Um, so we have July full and we're working on August, September, October now. Um, it kind of goes in waves. We're all booked up for a while and then everybody else is busy. There's a lot of holidays and, uh, and that type of thing. So um, if anybody out there listening has ideas, go ahead and send those to us. On uh, the 26th of August, we have an Operation Zero event at Veterans Lake of Ramsey where we will have our booth out there. And then on, and we aren't so far, maybe, but so far not bringing the music to that one, but we'll see. And then on the 9th of September, um, gosh dang, Peterson and I are going to try hard. I don't know, one or both of us will probably be in Nebraska, Ashland, Nebraska at Hero Stock 2023 um, with Jason Steiner. And man, they got a lot of good stuff. Um, you probably haven't heard of this, but Jason was, well, he just was beeping around our show here and there. And we checked out Hero Stock, and then we actually had him on as a guest last weekend. Um, he had, what, 100 people? He had this gathering, and he had some music and booths and entertainment and called it Heroes. Well, he called it Vet something. But anyway, that's too, too used and um, didn't have very many people there. And then had it again. I, I don't know. It's grown. He's had people tell him there's going to be like 2,500 people at this event. So he had to go get a bigger place. And so uh, it's outdoor uh, fun and activities um, all in recognition of veterans and first responders. So, um, so we share a lot of music ideas because he has a lot of people in his Rolodex in the music world as well. So we're going to try on September 9th to get down there. Um, Peterson and I teach. So making free time at the beginning of the, our school year is uh, not super easy, but we'll see what happens. We'll make it work. We'll make it work. Uh, Jamie and Rebecca, do you guys have anything in closing? Um, just um, feel free if you guys are around to come on over on July 29th for that uh, grand opening over here from 11 to 4, the 11 to 3. And, and uh, not only music, but we'll have a food truck and an ice cream wagon for about a half hour and, and um, a couple of vendors. So it'll be fun. Yeah, it's super fun. Yeah, and thanks again for, for having us today. Yes, We've been thank looking, you. looking forward to this. Uh, we were, Mark, when uh, you responded to my, I don't remember, if, I think it was on a mes messenger, maybe whatever platform that was, you responded. We were actually in the truck. And I read that and I said, hey, he wants to have us on the show. So uh, we were so excited. Yeah. And uh, that's been a while ago, a couple of months, yeah. I think. But uh, Well, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you felt comfortable. And again, uh, we, we do get this out there and uh, we have a pretty amazing listening group. And uh, uh, we're just looking to build it and grow it and make it bigger and better and uh, get the word out that, uh, hey, all veterans and first responders, we got your back, man. That's what we do. Awesome. Uh, I appreciate we, the work we, you're doing. Yeah. yeah.
Yeah, and so uh, we'd like to get it in a one-stop shop scenario uh, just so that there's no confusion and that uh, uh, it's a little bit easier to find the resources that they need, but uh, we're, we're working on all these pieces. And so uh, we appreciate your the time you guys took to be on here tonight. Uh, we appreciate the time that Mr. Uh, Scott McEwen uh took to be on here tonight even though we had to leave earlier uh, i have a, a, a funny feeling we will see mr McEwen again and uh thank you for everyone that came on and commented on the show tonight thank you for uh all the people that are working behind the scenes and making this happen again happy father's day to all those amazing fathers that uh, uh have done what you needed to do we appreciate you we appreciate the conversation and we appreciate everyone that's been here tonight and come check us out tomorrow at 434, our weekly debrief, where you get to see all the pieces that are specifically about the People's Patriot Project. And then again, like Andrea said earlier, every Sunday we're here at 1800 Central Standard Time, uh, bringing the best, the best musicians and boots on the ground organizations covering America today. Thanks for all you're doing. We'll catch you when the smoke clears. Patriot Pride. <laughs> Oh,